Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Oh, man. This, uh, this season is getting crazy, and we can finally talk about a spoiler that we've been dying to talk about <laughs> that I've had to restrain myself from talking about the last couple episodes. Um, yeah, let's get going. Uh, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website at ButWhyThoughPodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. All right. Season three, episode six, Among Us Hide is titled, uh, written by Drew Z. Greenberg, directed by Dwight Little, who I believe is a new name in the lineup. Oh, yeah, that's not one I recognize at all. Okay, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> and uh, originally aired November 3rd, 2015. Um, so if you remember, last episode was all about Gemma and her time on the other planet. And so this is kind of picking up where we left off the episode before that. Um so we're kind of dealing with like the aftermath of Gemma's tale. And if you'll remember, Andrew Garner might be dead. We don't know what's happening. So we're going to find out. Um, and we pick up literally like right where we left off. So May is in the base and she's wandering around. She's very worried about Andrew. And Andrew is being brought in by medical and he's alive. Um and he tells the story of what happened in the store, and he says that a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent was tailing him, and one of his students showed up, and there was a guy with a camera, and all hell broke loose, and he doesn't know how he made it out alive, um, but he did somehow, and here he is, and... Um, yeah, so he's he, the next thing he knew, he woke up and he saw Coulson, and... Um, May is really mad at Hunter, obviously, because Hunter put him directly in danger. And Coulson is taking May's side. And um, Hunter's trying to justify his actions. And he's like, Coulson's like, look, you're off the assignment. And May is like, well, I'll take it then. I'll take this assignment. I want it. And he's like, so you're back? And she's like, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> so she's she's coming back to S.H.I.E.L.D. so that she can kill Ward, essentially, which is kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, more to this story with Andrew later. If you've watched the episode, you know what happens, but... <laughs> <laughs> which I'm hoping you have watched the episode. Um, so meanwhile, back on the Hydra side, Kibo, our friend Kibo, who I remembered his name this time, yay, <laughs> is getting blamed for what happened with Hunter. He's like, dude, S.H.I.E.L.D. sent someone to be on the inside to kill me and you let him get here and dude's like dude i was following your protocols like i don't know what you want so ward is super pissed that all his plans have like gone awry like von strucker is like he like booked it and he knows too much and so um he's sending kibo after him and he's like you gotta kill him because shield's gonna be after him too he knows too much poor poor baby von strucker but good for him for running away. <laughs> um, back at the playground, um, Daisy has this theory about Lash being part of the ATCU because he knew exactly where to hit them. Like he, um, there, how else would he have known where the truck was going and all of that stuff? And so, um, especially now that they know that he can turn into a man, um, he could be hiding in plain sight in the ATCU. And Coulson wants Daisy to keep what she finds out because um, she's going to dig around, obviously, in the ATCU. He wants her to keep what she finds out off of Rosalind's radar, which is interesting. And she, you know, she kind of brings this up the subject of like, so how's it going with her? Like, are you able to be, you know, objective? And he has this line about how, you know, when you've done this job long enough, you know, you have to cut yourself off from all that. And it's like, he's like the worst at doing that. Like, right. Daisy it's like, it's like the whole <laughs> The th thing we have with the in last season when he was talking to Ward about it, whatever, uh, yeah. when they when they were having their weird, like, well, I think there was the thing in the first season, and then there was a, maybe it was revisited when they were teaming up when they were forced yeah. to team up briefly. But he's like, he makes the point of like, you know, I have to be able to cut yourself off, and we every time he's brought it up, we're like, 
is this supposed to be ironic? Because you <laughs> yeah. like, like, like you, you've adopted all these young people, and you're in love with your partner. It's like, like you're the worst at it. Even, even like him and Fury are, were like best of friends, and he hero worship the Avengers. He is the worst person about not putting emotional shit into everyone. Everyone is, he has a work relationship with. I For know. him to say that is really funny at this point. I know, and it's funny because Daisy just kind of looks at him like, right, okay, <laughs> dude. <laughs> Whatever you have to say to, <laughs> to, to you know, make yourself believe this. Um, and it's funny because later on in the episode, like him and Rosalyn have this have this conversation. And I, I want to talk about it later, like when that scene comes up. But it's good because she kind of calls him on it a little bit. <laughs> um, so Bobby is like rehabbing her knee still and she's like jump roping and May comes in with a vengeance. She is pissed and she blames Bobby for what Hunter's doing. She's like, you've been egging him on. And she like pins Bobby up against the wall and they start fighting. And Bobby looks like combat ready. Like she is able to pin May. And of course, May was just testing her this whole time. And she's like, you look mission ready to me. Like you haven't been cleared by Colson. And she's like, yeah, my lung isn't healed completely yet. She's like, well, according to my test, you're ready. So wheels up in five, get on, get on it. And <laughs> which I, I love that Bobby and May are teaming up again. It's my favorite. It, it it's it felt like a really in character way for May to go about this, but while it was happening, it felt so out of character. Because even oh. though she's not like the most outwardly compassionate person, she's also not a child. She's not vindictive or resentful in that way. You, you know, like yeah. she takes stuff personally, but she also she is what Coulson keeps giving people advice to be. <laughs> she's actually able to compartmentalize. So like her reacting this way, when it first started, I didn't remember that it was her test at all. And I was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I was, I was like, damn, like she's really pissed, but yeah, same. And, but by like, she, she, the fact that she blames, like may wouldn't blame Bobby for something that Hunter did. Right. You know? Like that's not in her character. She knows people are responsible for their own actions. So when she said that, I was like, Oh my God, like what's happening. And then I was like, Oh, she's just testing her. <laughs> um, thank God. Um, but may, um, she did some digging and she found out that um, one of Andrew, the, the student that came and approached Andrew in the store is actually Von Strucker and um, they're going to, they're going to use him to get to Ward. So they got to go find him. Um, and apparently Von Strucker ran to this old Hydra dude who he's played by Powers Booth, who sadly passed away in 2017. Um, but anyway, so this, this, old, <laughs> this old Hydra dude knows Ward. He's like, you know, I remember, he you know a young kid one or i don't know whatever his line is and he's going to handle everything so von strucker has a new ally i guess and we have a we have a new bad guy and we don't know his name yet um but we will talk about him in another episode um so uh uh, Rosalind uh picks up colson on the corner of some street because and she jokes around that, you know, like, I can't believe you just made me pick you up on the street corner because you don't want me to know where your secret base is. And he's like, you know, I run a spy organization, right? And they're just like flirting and an emergency comes up and um, Rosalind's like, okay, we got to turn around. I got to drop you off. We'll have to reschedule um, because I have to handle this. And he's like, no, I want to stay. I want to see this. I want to see the secret base. We can go handle your emergency. And then afterwards we can go to your base. And she's like, okay, driver, take me home. So the emergency is at her house. So we go back to the playground and Fitz um, is running the portal simulation while he's making fake IDs for May and Bobby. And Hunter is there and he's like, Hunter is bored because he's been pulled off an assignment. So he has nowhere to go. And so he's like bothering Fitz and he's like, dude, why are you helping this um Simmons find this guy like that's your competition and Fitz is like no it's the right thing to do like he kept Simmons alive and I owe him a lot and you know and and Hunter is like you don't know anything about this guy and that's that's the problem um and Fitz is just getting upset because Hunter keeps trying to like butt in and help him and he's like maybe you should go somewhere else and so Hunter is like very sadly walks away like tail between his legs no well, one wants him around <laughs> and that moment hurt a little bit like because we've talked so much about especially a slight spoiler for future seasons i don't think this ruins anything but they revisit once uh later on 
their friendship with the, that they've already kind of established you know, in season two. And like, we have, have a really, we have an affection for that connection. I think he was like, try, Hunter was trying to be cool to Fitz, you know, like he was yeah. trying to be supportive. And when he, when, when he made it clear, like, no, I just want to support this guy because he was cool to Gemma. He like, he, it seemed like he actually listened because he wasn't just like, yeah, screw this guy who's competition. No, he was just like, well, we don't really know anything about it. It was, an, it was still a rational concern. And, and like, but he just, Fitz was just, I think, not wanting to give in to his own jealousy. <laughs> so he, he, he was like really, he wasn't willing to listen to the rational portion of it. I think it was it's hard enough for him to like try to do this like without yes. his own voice in his head. He doesn't need another voice in his head telling him exactly how he's feeling. Probably, <laughs> well, and he doesn't need anyone giving him legit concerns when he's trying to to, to, to dismiss paranoia. Like that's a hard thing to negotiate. Like yeah. you got to do that one step at a time. Maybe <laughs> like, right. <laughs> he's just trying to focus on doing what's right for Gemma at this point, right? And not, and not making it about his needs or his yeah. relationship. But Hunter is doing that. He's like trying to be his buddy and he's like trying to be supportive, like you said. So it's like, it, it was really sad when he Fitz asked him to leave because <laughs> Hunter's like, dude, I'm just being your pal. Like, <laughs> well, and like it, it, it just, they really, I feel like it's been incremental, but they've shown real growth for Hunter in this like season that we've yeah. had him around from, from, from a uh, beginning of two to now. And it's like, he's still the same guy for sure, but he, he does try to listen to Bobby and Fitz and like, he actually tries, you know, the way he interacted with May at the beginning of the season. Like, I think he's trying to be a little bit more considerate and like thoughtful, but he's still just a big doofus. He's still a blunt instrument. (laughs) It's it's not his fault. Well, he was very much like, you know, last season, like I'm not part of a team, like I'm a lone wolf type. He's just like a lone mercenary. And now he is very much trying to be like a team player and it's cute how hard oh, yeah. he's trying. <laughs> well, but I think, but especially like with the way the last season ended, like, like his loyalty to Colson and to the team, it's like it's other than Bobby. It's like the only thing that it seems like he has in his life at this point. Yeah. And it's a, uh, it is, it's just a bummer because they have this like nice, legitimate, unique, I think friendship. And he's trying to be be cool, and it's not the right time, and he's not no. picking up on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's like you said, blunt instrument, like <laughs> just not not picking it up. Um, so uh, as we continue, uh, Daisy finds Doctor Garner wandering around in the hallway in his hospital gown, and she's like, "Hey, you got time for a consult?" And he's like, "Oh yes, please." Like he's desperate to be useful too which is kind of funny coming off of what just happened with Hunter. Um, And she like wants to talk to him about Lash. And she's like, look, I want to know, like he hunts in humans, right? Like, why did he spare me? And um, Andrew's like, you know, we don't really know. And um, Daisy's like, well, we do know, you know, I know that he's like a real dude. Like she tells him about his transformation and Andrew seems worried by this. He's like, oh, this is crazy. And then he's like, do you know, do you think Lincoln would know where he is? And before Daisy can answer, Mac interrupts. He's like, hey, I need you. And so um, Mac pulls Daisy into um, a room and is like, okay, who is the one guy who like didn't come with us on the truck, but like knew where whatever, you know, all the scheduling and what was happening. And um, he says it's Banks. It's um, Roslyn's number two guy. And so uh, they're going to go tail him and they think that he might be Lash. And Hunter wants to join in. He's like, you need a driver? Because <laughs> he's so desperate to do something. Thank someone include me, please. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone be my friend. <laughs> so Bobby and May are undercover, and they're, they're speaking Mandarin. They're at this bank, and they're um, – uh, Bobby is pretending to be the assistant of May, this very wealthy Chinese woman, for you know somehow, and um, they're accessing a safe deposit box at this bank. And so um, obviously they're going in there to access probably Von Strucker's safety deposit box, but um, Bobby blows the locks on all of the boxes and she grabs Von Strucker's box and they find that he has like some extra passports in there. All the cash is gone. And apparently like they're, you know, on the, on the phone with Fitz <laughs> while this is happening, they're on comms with Fitz um, and they triggered some kind of alarm and Fitz is like, Oh, you guys are screwed. And so everything shuts down. Security comes in with the bank manager 
and Bobby still tries to play it undercover. And they're talking to each other in Mandarin. And May's like, what are you doing? And then Fitz is like, oh, I see where you're going with this. So he feeds her information about the bank manager. They're like, oh, like, do you want to, you know, we want to offer you a job. You passed our test. This is great. And May's like, um, okay, this is great and all, but like the security guard right there is reaching for his gun. We're going to do it my way. And so they kick everybody's ass and they like are apologizing to the bank managers. They knock him out and they get what they need and they leave. And it's great. <laughs> um, Meanwhile, Hunter, Mac, and Daisy are tailing Banks, and Hunter is being a little too helpful, and he's obviously still feeling sensitive about the Andrew thing. He's like, yeah, we should just go in there and, like, knock him out and blah, 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 and, you know, you, you know, oh, we, what do we got to do? We got to, like, just, he's very violent. He just wants violence, and Daisy and Mac are like, whoa, 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 like, maybe we, we're just tailing this guy. Like, don't be so crazy. Um and so meanwhile, they see Banks like walking from his car and they're like, OK, what do we do? Like, he can't see us like then it's going to blow everything because he knows what they look like. And meanwhile, uh, while Mac and Daisy are discussing what to do, they turn around and Hunter is already gone. He put a mask over his face or like a bandana over his face. And he just like ices Banks and drags him into the truck. <laughs> and um hunter suggests that they test banks's blood for inhuman markers and daisy and mac are like wow that's actually really smart and then um they're like but how are we going to get blood we don't have a way to draw his blood and hunter punches him in the face and he's like great there's blood it is <laughs> blunt instrument once again <laughs> oh man no and uh, <laughs> it's it, i also like it because i feel like daisy and mac like mac doesn't dislike hunter but he's not as close as the other people who were, you know, who have some sort of association with him. Cause I feel like yeah. it's weird. Cause he has like a tangent tangential like connection through Bobby and the, the other crew Hartley. that we were introduced. Yeah. yeah. That we were introduced to, to Hunter through or with, and I feel like Daisy is still like in the irritated by Hunter more can't more than like having an individual friendship, mm -hmm. like especially just more than anyone else, you know? And I think Daisy and May are both kind of in that camp a little bit. And at this yeah. point, he and May have kind of bonded. So I feel like this was kind of funny just seeing them have to admit he was right. And because yeah. he, he's like pretty much totally right this scene, but he still goes about it as a blood instrument. <laughs> like he still goes about it his like kind of dumb way. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just funny. Like Daisy's like, yeah, that's actually pretty smart. Yeah, she's, she's very <laughs> reluctant to admit that he had any good idea. <laughs> oh, it's a good scene. And Mac just kind of makes this face like, I, I have no objections. Like <laughs> He can't argue it. He doesn't, he, he, none of it is like the best idea, but he can't argue with the results in the right? moment. Um, and so we go to Rosalind's home and apparently someone broke into her home and Coulson's kind of looking around and... um. He sees he's like, oh, you, you know, he's talking to whoever is there, the other cop. And he's like, you can tell a lot about a woman when you look at her books. And he's like, oh, I didn't. There's all these like Margaret Thatcher biographies. He realizes all her furniture is brand new. And then he sees this baseball bat that has no significance to me because I'm not a baseball fan, but it's significant to Colson. <laughs> and Rosalind comes back and he's like, oh, is anything missing? She's like, oh, you didn't hear me talking to the cops like you're you know, I thought you'd be scoping things out. And so they're both kind of like sizing each other up here. Um, we go to the playground and um, Simmons and Andrew are chatting and they're kind of bonding about how they've been treated by the rest of the team lately. And they're talking about how like their PhDs make people think that they're they can't handle things, but they can actually handle anything. <laughs> and Daisy calls and asks Gemma to analyze um, Banks's blood. And Daisy starts out saying, like, you know, I know you're like not feeling that great. And Gemma's like, no, I can handle it. And like make very like pointedly makes that uh makes that phrase as andrew's in the room and then she goes off to handle it in the lab um and while um while hunter daisy and mac are in the truck waiting for Gemma to get back to them um banks <laughs> banks's phone gets a text and hunter is obviously very like defensive and feels guilty about everything that he's doing because he's like i didn't do anything 
it wasn't me. And Hunter's like, or not Hunter, uh, Mac is like, yeah, it's a phone. We know it wasn't you. Like, stop being so crazy. <laughs> um, and the text that he gets is like a location and it's something about a delivery. And so they decide to go check it out. Um, and they're like, what do we do with him? And so they put Banks back in his car unconscious, <laughs> which was hilarious to me. It's just like they drive away and he's just like knocked out in the front seat. So Rosalind, back at her house, um, had her driver get burgers from Colson's favorite burger place for her and Colson since they were hanging out there so long. And um, Colson mentions, you know, nothing is missing from your home. And he suggests that she may have staged this break in to get sympathy from him. And he's like, well, it's very interesting that the day we were supposed to go ride together, um, that someone broke into my home. So she's suggesting that he did this. And he's like, I think you're trying to humanize yourself to me with the bat, you know, the car and these, my favorite burgers. And she's like, you know what? You're right. She's like, you want to go see the, you want to go see the ATCU? Let's go. And she throws the burgers in the trash and they walk out. <laughs> um, Fitz, meanwhile, discovers that Von Strucker is in Portugal. He traces a bunch of bank accounts and uh, customs information and stuff like that and um, finds out that he has a place there. And uh, May, they're gonna, May and Bobby are going to go after him, but first May wants to talk to Bobby about, about what happened at the bank. And May thinks Bobby is holding back. And this scene is like super heartbreaking because Bobby's like, you know, May is like, look, like I watched you train at the academy once. Like you are a top-notch agent. Like, and everything that you've been through is just gives you that much, makes you that much better because it's experience. And Bobby's like, you, uh, what happened with Ward is experience. Like, no, like that was fucked up. And she gets really emotional, and she's very obviously still broken about this. And May is like, look, there, what are you gonna do? Like, you have to use this. Use this um to motivate you and ugh, I, I don't know may is taking on this like kind of mentor relationship with bobby like she talks about bahrain and how like you know she told everybody that she loved her desk job but she fucking hated it and you know bobby keeps telling everybody that she's you know she misses being in the field but here's her chance to do it and to see combat again and she kind of holds back so i don't know i feel bad this is why you don't torture women on your TV shows. <laughs> don't torture anybody. Yeah, we we should probably avoid that. It's, yeah. it's way more uh, commonplace. It feels like than it should be. Yeah, it just sucks. Um. Meanwhile, back at Hydra, um, Kibo comes up to Ward with the, with the with a phone, and Ward's like, "What is this?" And it's um he answers the phone and it's von strucker's dude that he went to and he said that you know he's gonna give up von strucker because he's a liability now he knows shield is probably looking for them and he has too much information it was foolish of ward to um try to groom him so early but um since he's doing this for him he's gonna want a favor in the future he's like when i come calling i expect you to answer uh-oh now ward is accountable to this man what what shall happen? <laughs> um, so we go to this building that Daisy Mac and Hunter were um, tracking banks to, essentially, he was supposed to be at. And they find that it's a very secure facility and it's a front for something, probably the ATCU. Um, so Daisy admits that she stole one of Fitz's new dwarves that can go invisible. And... Um, while they're getting this ready, Simmons calls and says that um, the inhuman marker test for Banks is negative. And Daisy's like, well, oh, man, I was so sure. She's like, well, let's not let this be a total waste. Let's send the dwarf in and see what we find. Um, and so they send the dwarf in. They're following this delivery um, off of this truck. And they realize that this delivery is a person. It's like someone in this box and it seems like they're in a coma and it's an inhuman. And then they pan over a little bit with the drone and Colson is standing there with Rosalind. So this is the ATCU facility. Um, and we find out that the inhumans are in stasis 
Um, and Daisy is pissed. She's like, why isn't Colson freaking the fuck out right now? Like, this is not okay. And so Mac is like, we got to recall the dwarf and go home. Like, we can't get caught here. And so she's just out of her mind, upset, and Mac is trying to talk her down. Meanwhile, Coulson is having that conversation with Rosalind. He's like, this looks like a horror movie. And Rosalind's like, look, I'll admit I was hesitant to bring you here because I know what it looks like. Um, but some of these people like can't go back to their families. They're like a danger to themselves and to others. And we're working on a cure, which is crazy. And she's like, if I could have done this, you know, to my loved ones, like I would have done that, you know, in a second. And apparently she lost her husband to cancer and Colson like, is like, I'm so sorry I didn't see that because he's so good at reading people. But obviously he's being blinded in this situation. Right. He, he thought the baseball stuff and, and everything was in order to get to him. But it was actually her missing uh, her husband and surrounding yeah. herself with his stuff. Yeah. Um, and she um, sees herself as helping these inhumans. She's like, look, if I could have put him to sleep. Um, until they found a cure, this is what I would have done. Um, and so she's, this is what she's trying to do for these people. And Colson has his same line of, Hey, you know, you got to keep your distance from this stuff sometimes. And she's like, look, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm finding it hard to keep my humanity in all of this, but I'd still trying to do that, which is very contrary to like what Colson says he's trying to do, even though that's not what he's doing. <laughs> but, um, it's cute because like during this conversation, Rosalind's like, you know, the thing about that you said about me humanizing myself. So you would like me. She's like, maybe there's something to that. And so she obviously likes him and he likes her. And this yeah, is cute. And, and it feels like there's some moments in this where it's like almost like the cliched, you know, nice, nice guy, nerdy guy, like doesn't realize it thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, because he thinks she is scamming him. And like when, like, like, you know, there's like a few moments where you can almost see Clark, uh, Clark Gregg doing like the old John Cusack movie or Anthony Michael Hall moment where like the wheels are turning where he's like, yeah. wait, <laughs> why would you want to like me if you weren't pretending to be robbed? And he's like, oh, <laughs> like, which is like especially annoying because for the past like three episodes, including this one, Daisy has been giving him guff about it. <laughs> so it's just like, like, dude. Your daughter's been telling you every day like, like, <laughs> that this woman wants to be her new pseudo stepmom or whatever and you're like ignoring her and then surprise surprise she's right yeah and she's into you and she's hot and she's smart and she's all of these things uh. which well, is funny because like <laughs> daisy's smart like I, yeah. I i totally get like i think i feel like it's actually very real for people to not notice like they it's, you see it all the time but i would also think he'd have faith in her like like that it wouldn't be quite as much of a shock at this stage <laughs> given what they've shown just on screen like like right much less like anything we can extrapolate in the off-screen time, you know. It's like I'm I'm guessing this is one of uh, Daisy's favorite pastimes. Or I'm still calling her Daisy. Uh, or I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I feel, I, I'm I'm uh, with Coulson this season. I, I, I I'm uncomfortable after so long of trying to avoid calling her Daisy. <laughs> I'm thrown right now. I feel like am I messing up? But uh, no, I feel like it must be her favorite thing to give him guff about this. So I'm glad finally. She's made it very like openly clear that he he's finally aware of the fact that they're both into each other. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's like someone was willing to admit it. Well, and also like you said, like they were both like trying to have one up on each other, like you know, trying to play each other. But Ro it it just shows that Rosalind kind of wasn't doing that this whole time. That she was just being genuinely like like into him i think and just being herself and colson yeah. was the one who was being super suspicious this whole time well i think the crazy. first their first couple interactions were absolutely like you know uh trying to trying to brag about and, and boast about their positions and and kind of like yeah. jockeying for who's the one who's really in charge here or whatever but she made it very clear and i think like you said like over the course of this episode it's interesting because i feel like we see from Daisy's perspective and it just vilifies her more than she's ever been but from our perspective as the viewer not just through Coulson's but just with the like you know the more uh, I guess objective you know viewer audience point of view in addition to see seeing both of their other sides I feel like we just get to see her as more of a person and she is like yeah she was trying to uh, you, you know throw her weight around or whatever at first but at this point uh, 
we can see that when she when she did like make a gesture to work together that was completely earnest and like yeah she's, she wasn't not willing to do that or she wasn't trying to trick colson like some of the people who we have encountered and will encounter slight spoilers in the future uh you know people will double cross one another or have their own interests at heart but it's like she, she is coming at this uh, from the best way you can considering they're encasing people in amber <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it, yeah. and, and her point is like that people like hurt themselves and others that like for some people they're like just on fire you know at the yeah. beginning of their transition which again awful word but the beginning of their terogenesis uh it, you know so like it's not a simple issue it's not as simple it's not as simple as it appears to be to daisy even though i think that there's a reason reasonable reason for it to be black and white for her because it's yeah. her, her people being uh, in prison. Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, I think that Rosalind is, is coming at this from a human perspective. And it's like, we kind of got, we've already been through this with Simmons, I think. So like we're at, as an audience at a different understanding of where, where, how we should feel about inhumans and their terogenesis. Um, because we just went through this all last season with Gemma and Daisy, where Gemma is like, you know, thinking about it from a human perspective, like we can fix you or, you know, we can, you know, do whatever. We can suppress your powers because you're a danger to yourself. You're hurting yourself. You're, she's breaking her arms every time she's trying to, you know, stop using her powers or use them. And I think Rosalind is still in that phase. She hasn't, she hasn't come over to that side of this is just a different way of life and there is a way to learn to live with this. Like instead she's trying to find a cure, which is still like problematic. You know, right. it's like essentially she... trying to cure these people from being who they truly are, um, right. even if they might be dangerous. And there's just a lot of parallels, I think, to like these well-meaning maybe white activists, like white feminists, where they don't fully understand like, hey, maybe you should listen to the people who are actually oppressed and like going through these things and like have solutions for this rather than just coming up with your own solution. <laughs> I, like, I, def I definitely think that's a really good point. <laughs> like, <laughs> some, some real depth to it. And I think there's like, there's sci-fi issues that come up all the time, like in the quote unquote, uh, well, and We've talked before a little bit on this show. Uh, I've, I've brought up like the the, the Inhumans were uh, really really pushed because Marvel didn't have complete control of the X Men, and so like mm -hmm. there's a lot of this commonality I think in the metaphor for human mutant relations in all those X Men movies and comic books and cartoons over the years, and like that's something that I was just reading in a thread uh, online yesterday and almost responded, but I'm like. I try to very rarely participate in message boards at all at this point because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's mostly like people over 50, it seems like, because they're people who used to, when they were popular on the internet, who, who refused to change and move along right. with things. But it's just like, they, it's everything that's like ever been bad about the internet is like, I feel like can percolate and be distilled in one of those places. There's still good good things, but like, because they are small groups of people who like super niche things <laughs> like yeah. it's, it's really weird and, yeah. and, and they have their own language for everything over time and they, they, it becomes very clicky and bizarre but the question came up like anyone in real life no matter how much you want to you want to argue it would be for you know mutant registration and all this because they're dangerous and it's like but I, I do understand like the in the abstract the idea of people were just covered in weapons that we would want to feel safe but it's like people are capable of different things. People, yeah. uh, some people are way stronger than others. There are people who are really smart. Like we don't, we don't hobble everyone to make us all some baseline. Like that's not a real yeah. thing. And like people are capable of mass destruction. We know that because they can yeah. create weapons or they can do awful things like happen in the news way too often here. And yeah. it's, it's like, we don't even stop the people from getting man-made weapons in this country. You think we're yeah. going to all instantly be like, well, it's not your fault. You were born with this thing, but I'm going to arrest you. And like, yes, absolutely. A huge number of people will do that because a huge number of people are waiting for things to get bigoted towards because of our awful culture of like wanting to one up someone to take power. But I, I you know, in the white supremacist ethos, <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I do think though that there are enough people. It's like, you look now, it's like, yeah, some people be monsters, but some people would be born that way. Or, or you discover that you had you know, in human heritage or whatever, if this were real, I think there would be family members who weren't like that, but were like, hey, 
I'm still going to protect my family. I'm still going to care about people. It's just like in the freaking, you know, Holocaust. Like there were still people who stood up and there were people who worked in secret to fight it, even though the whole culture had gone seemingly insane and just let, you know, white nationalism and white supremacy take over. But it's like that shit's happening here now. And there are people yeah. standing up and there are people saying nothing. But I feel like to act like this Yes, the metaphor is very exaggerated because they're people with superpowers, but there's still a lot of real social uh, stuff there to look at and, and metaphors for people who are marginalized and oppressed and, and aren't listened to. And I think that, like, I, I, I love your point. That I, I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective, from the white feminist perspective. I think I was really thinking of it from, like, the old school kind of X-Men just ha hating people who are different thing, but the way that they're approaching it as a cure to a disease or whatever, because they are looking at it only from their perspective as, well, there's something happening to someone who's like me making them different. It's like, that's the same sort of shit where it's like when the first, the first moron Christian who came up with conversion therapy, I I'm willing to give yeah. it the benefit of the doubt that they could have actually just been a super ignorant, you know, person who was trying to do something they thought in some misguided way was helping, but it's a tool for hate. Like, like yeah. that's all it really is. And like, so it doesn't matter where you're, it doesn't matter if these people are trying to cure, if they're trying to cure you of something that's just who you are, then it doesn't matter what they think their intention, <laughs> like yeah. intentions only take you so far. And sometimes they'll take you, sometimes they really matter, like in a Christmas gift. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> they don't like when you're oppressing people by trying to quote unquote help them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it also, this begs the question, like how many people are so afraid of being locked up that they just acquiesce to being put in stasis because they are probably marginalized people. Like we saw, you know, Joey is like a queer uh, Latino guy. Like, <laughs> like if the cops came up to him and were like, okay, you have to either go in stasis or we're going to put you in jail. Like, what are you going to choose? Like what choice do you actually have? Like that's, oh, that's, <laughs> that's, there's this there's this character in uh, X Men comics named uh, Sean uh, Koi Man who's from uh, Vietnam and she her superhero name is Karma and she has the power to like hop into other people's brains and take over their bodies temporarily and uh, she's been a member of the X Men and New Mutants for like thirty something years but she is Vietnamese uh, a lesbian woman and she uh, has lost one of her legs in an accident so she has Damn. a prosthesis so so it's like she's like Joey where it's like, like there are characters where it's like what the hell else are they going to do you know other yeah. than be who they are and like there's just there's there's no way to not stand out like like I don't know this this these characters are very interesting like sometimes i uh, you see from like the really awful corners of fandom like people criticizing it for no reason like and like again i, I don't i don't know like, like like i i feel like it's it's interesting and it just adds more depth and more layers i do wish joey were i feel like they they didn't know what to do with him like where we are at this point in this in this season with him like like we don't know where he is as a recurring guest star you know it's like yeah. every time we check in on him he or or uh, Daisy has mentioned him, like wanting him to join the team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I sort of feel like, as a viewer at the at the time, uh, I was finally watching it live at this point. <laughs> like it felt like they didn't really know what they were doing with him. You know, yeah. like, I don't know. I know it is weird. Well, there's this, all these other like B plots too, like the whole Ward B plot. I feel like takes up too much time. Like you should just kill Ward off. We wouldn't have this problem. We could have Joey as a major character. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah, and it's like we barely get mention of Link in this episode. Like, like, oh, like, that was like I, I hate to even count it amongst the Joey thing, but it's true. It's just like the, there's a divided focus. Like both yeah. those are characters who I mean. Uh, Luke Mitchell's I think a main cast member of the season. Yeah, I think and, so. And and uh, I can't remember. The, Fellow who plays Joey's name, uh, but you know he he I know was a recurring guest star, but like they both feel like at this point they've got the same level of like mixed weird spotlight and then total absence. Like yeah. six, six episodes in, and I don't really know where either of them stand. You know. Oh, speaking of, we're not even finished with the episode yet. There's so there's more. <laughs> yes, we got, we got, Let's, we're close to the end, but we are close. Um, 
So, uh, where are we? Let's Rosalind see. likes uh, Coulson. Rosalind and Colson sitting in a tree. Um, so we go to the playground, and Simmons walks into the lab. She's like, I'm done helping Daisy if you want to look over the simulation with Fitz. And um, Fitz is like, look, um, I have something to tell you. And it looks like the monolith is a dead end. He's like, but that's not the only option we have. Like, there's other options, and I don't want to give up. And, oh, my God, this – He's just so good. And he's like, Gemma's like, okay, like, you know, if she starts talking about like, if we can get to him and, and Fitz is like, no, we will get to Will. Like, we're going to, we're going to save him. Like, you have my word. And she walks away and she's like, I know this isn't easy, but he's like, no, it's, it's for you. You know, this is absolutely what we should be doing. Um, and as Gemma walks away, like we look on um, Fitz's desktop and he's been Googling Will and looking into who he was as a person. So he did take Hunter's advice. He did. He just had to wait for him to leave so he didn't know he did. <laughs> <laughs> so sneaky. Um, nobody's and- willing to admit to Hunter's face that he's right, except, for, except for earlier this episode where it really hurt Daisy to do so. <laughs> it really did. I mean, even Matt couldn't do it he didn't even say anything <laughs> like, no, he just gave a look <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. um so we go um to portugal and von strucker is being tortured by kibo he's like strung up like to the ceiling and may and bobby show up and they beat everybody up and um bobby ends up outside and there's a pool and um kibo meets her there and they like go in the pool and they're fighting underwater and it seems like she's gonna drown her but she gets out of the pool and he's like oh i've taken on on guys half your or twice your size like you're nothing and um she she gets out and she electrifies the pool <laughs> with her with her batons which i very vividly remembered this scene but i couldn't remember the context it was in so it was kind of funny <laughs> i didn't realize it was kibo that got electrified um but may uh, manages to take everybody out in the room and she unhooks von strucker and she's like cradling him and she's like tell me where to find ward and he's like starts mumbling something and he's like about um he's like i tried to run away i didn't know dr garner was going to turn into that thing and may's like what are you talking about and then um von strucker tells may about lash and we see what actually happened in compared to what Andrew said happened. So Andrew turns into Lash to save himself and he kills everybody and Von Strucker gets away and Andrew turns back into himself and he lights the convenience store on fire. And holy shit, May's face. Von Strucker is asking her like, what is he? And she's like, I don't know. And she just has this horrified look on her face. Fuck. Fuck. Like, I remember the first time I saw this, I was just so hurt. <laughs> like, why? How could you do this, writers of S.H.I.E.L.D.? How could you do this to us? Like, May is, like, just getting back, just came back, like, today, like, to the team to go find Ward. And now we're ripping her heart out again. Like, motherfucker. Oh, man. <sighs> do you watch, uh, do you watch Dear White People? I do not. Okay. Do you mind... Any long-term spoilery type? No, of thing? you can go ahead, listener. If you don't, if you yeah. mind, slight forward. spoiler alert for the third season of Dear White People. Uh, okay, so he's introduced. Andrew is introduced. Uh, Blair Underwood as the cool, woke, super smart guy professor who all the people like, and like takes one of the main characters under his wing, and he's just like, and he used to work at Google, and he's really he's really really smart there's a few like little hints at the beginning that you might be like a little too egotistical but like they're kind of they're not subtle but they're not really focused on and sure enough he is their like kind of bill cosby-esque figure that partway Yay. through the season turns out he uses his uh his position of power to kind of intimidate young college students and, and undergrads into sleeping with him no and it's just like i because I had just watched these two episodes and then I binged that season, I was like, no, why? Why are you character assassinating Blair Underwood? Like, 
what what the heck leave him alone i mean he plays these really great these characters really well though because he's like so charming and like handsome and he plays this like really good intellectual person who is like has this horrible side to him no and like (laughs) it's so similar like dude like everybody likes and like it's totally in the right and like has a, has a really good you know unique perspective and it's trying to help all the main characters and it's like oh, oh no yeah. turns out he's the secret villain it's like oh god damn it like come on man and like i know i i'm glad he's getting you know high profile roles like like season three of shield you know hot off the avengers and and yeah. age of ultron and everything this is a pretty pretty big thing for for him a good role and then uh your white people is a great show uh, critically acclaimed on netflix and you know one of their uh, as I'm constantly talking about with Nikki, like like it's a back and forth for Netflix and me. It's just every other thing I hear from them, I hate, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the other one I like. It's like, oh, you made one really good choice. Oh, you made a re- like really really stupid choice after another really stupid yeah. choice. Like like, like yeah. they keep uh, they're Ugh. inscrutable with their decision making for sure. And and I I read an article about why I think. They're they're unsustainable at this point. The system they've created that's created all these like copycat uh, streaming. There's no way they could ever get back like what they're losing at this point. <laughs> like they, they they created it. They, they they were worth more than any entertainment company should have been worth because they mm-hmm. locked down such an amazing format. But now everyone else is using it, so yeah. they're, they're only going to be able to exist on the strength of their original material, which is strong, but not strong enough to beat every other company yeah. ever <laughs> well it's interesting because they're building a studio here in culver city where i live like they leveled some of the old sony and culver studios mm-hmm. and they they're building their own studio over here and it's like obviously to make original content but like they got to step it up and they got to work out some things internally because there's there's issues that need to be dealt with <laughs> within netflix <laughs> for real it's like some of the choices, like I don't get what, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, if 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 Tuka and Birdie doesn't find a place, I'm gonna be really really sad and yeah. upset. That's that they they were they really screwed the pooch on that one. They've done that a couple times now. It seems. Oh, they like. have at least. Uh, I mean, it's not any credit to them. Like at least uh, one day at a time was able to get a, a home without waiting too long, and a lot of other places have been able to be saved. You know, from different network. Uh, networks finding each other, either stuff that's canceled streaming-wise or whatever. I've noticed that NBC Studios seems to be willing, if they're not going to put a show on whatever, but they're willing to find a place for things by moving yeah. Brooklyn Nine-Nine from Fox when Fox didn't want to renew it. And then now uh, AP Bio uh, also has a, a, has a a diverse cast and whatnot as a show that performed really well streaming. And so they're going to put on their new exclusive NBC streaming service because yeah. every single network is going to have their own when you yeah. think about it. I mean, ABC will have one through Disney. So. Oh, good Lord. I know <sighs> they, they want us to pay a bajillion dollars. And then some stuff is still only on cable because they're all insane. Like, yeah, which no. the world is falling apart and they want us <laughs> to spend like $7,000 a month yeah. on, on entertainment. <laughs> I mean, well, because if you try to go outside, like to the movies or anything, you're probably going to end up in a mass shooting. So, you know, better capitalize on everybody staying inside watching TV in their homes, right? Good lord! Oh man, I didn't even think about. It. <laughs> Sorry, I'm in a no, dark mood today. <laughs> hey, it's reasonable. This has been a rough week. Like, yeah. like from where we are recording, there's been mass shootings. There's uh, been three every- today between <laughs> in the last 24 hours. Yeah, well, I was gonna say if it's not every other day, it's averaging out to about every day in the past week. And right before, right, right before this most recent spat started, uh, there was. Uh, not a mass shooting, but a serial shooter in my neighborhood in Van Nuys yeah. guy murdered uh, two members of his family after trying to kill three and, and killed his ex-girlfriend and a stranger and shot another guy. And it's like, Lord. it's a, uh, it, 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 it would have been a mass shooting <laughs> in a different, I, I feel like some of the stuff, I don't really, I don't really see why we have to always separated mass shootings are absolutely awful and tragic and it's it, it, but just like all the other gun deaths every day here are awful like it's we don't even make the happening. news anymore like yeah, for, the just, shootings for, that happen here yeah, <laughs> like, for just because i think like 50 people were shot you know in like over the course of the last week i read just like in other 
and just gun violence. You know, it's yeah. just like it, it just ha- and and another fifty like in mass shootings in the past week. It's just like yeah. it's it, it's really screwed up and it's scary and escaping into fiction is something I've been trying to do. But even that's yeah. rough. Like I ended up. I don't know. I don't know why, but it, I ended up finally watching uh, See You Yesterday. Speaking of good Netflix content, mm-hmm. which is amazing, but also super, super sad because it's all about police shootings and, oh, and yeah. Black Lives Matter and how real that is and how inescapable it is, even in a beautifully uh, written and performed in a science fiction story. But it's trying to like have some optimism. They still grounded it in reality, and it's heartbreaking because yeah. reality sucks right now so yeah so really oh my gosh shield uh, is our only escape right <laughs> and, and how did the episode end after we find out about the awful lashness yeah uh, oh we're not even finished yet because we have the worst the worst thing in the episode yeah and so daisy is on the phone with lincoln Ugh, and she had to like- shove him in yeah, and she's like trying to figure out where he is, and he won't tell her. And he's like, they're they're like flirting because they're in love. And she's Blech. like, Ugh. yeah, he's like, how how much longer do we have until you can trace the call? And she's like, fifteen seconds. And he's like, I'll reach out again. And anyway, she walks around the corner after she hangs up, and Andrew is standing there, and he's like, was that Lincoln? Did he give up his location? And he's like, <laughs> no, but I'll let you know when he does. And now that we know that he's Lash, it's like, oh no. But also, like for us two, we're like, oh yes, <laughs> go find him. No, it was bittersweet because because <laughs> I do want him, you know, absolutely to try and destroy Lincoln but it's also like you just saw them flirting and it's like Daisy deserves happiness you know like well it's also placing importance on Lincoln like with him being like where's Lincoln like it's like one of those moments (laughs) and I'm like come on he's not been in this episode they mentioned him once before and now this again it's like yeah, they, he's he's literally Poochie from The Simpsons. Like whenever Lincoln's not on screen, someone should be saying, "Where's Lincoln?" <laughs> like, it's like, come on, That's man. The worst. Oh uh, um, yeah, the, no, the lash stuff is destroyed. Destroyed us both. I think. Yeah, it's so it's so hard. I also like kind of look at it from the optics of like making like you only have two black men on the show that are recurring characters, and one of them is the villain. Like that's a little that's a little. Uh, problematic it's a little questionable (laughs) not as bad as other shows but it's still not great and well and yeah like we got uh trip had had died pretty unceremoniously after not being around too long it's not not great Great. not great treatment of black men yeah in in general in (laughs) sci-fi i know um Things are getting wanna, better. <laughs> yeah, they I, I, said are. It re- I said it reluctantly. Well, because it's not like actually for now. <laughs> like let's hope it continues to go on an upswing and not have a huge downswing before it goes back up again, which seems yeah. to be what it's actually going to be if pop culture history is any indicator. But we um we should do like a little mini episode about all the um the announcements from Comic Con at some point. Um, I don't think we should do that now. But no, no, we don't. We are already bumping up on time here, but um, I feel like it is going in a better direction. Oh, for sure! Like, and Marvel seems to be legitimately trying in ways other franchises we like aren't. Yeah, as much. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that probably next episode or yeah. at some point. Ducktales did confirm that they're going to introduce a uh, character's two dads on screen as well. Oh. Like, so it's no longer just going to be subtext and and mentioning, but they'll be actually that. showing a same sex couple. Good. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of those guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, great. I need to watch Ducktales. Those I, nerds. The, I well, loved the old one. Um, I just haven't had time. <laughs> man, when you uh once once uh. Yeah, no. Once you and Billy are settled, you guys should totally watch that because it yeah. is—it's well, just fun. Billy it's, is like super anti-animation for oh, whatever oh, reason. I, I think I remember you telling me that one. Yeah, I made him watch Mulan for the first time last weekend, and he was like rolling his eyes the entire time. He's like, "This is so dumb." I'm like, "It's for kids, but also like it's funny and it's it's for adults too." Like, Wait, you I just appreciate the art, and I just don't get like. We're doing a Shield podcast. I clearly love Shield. But I don't get how you could feel that way about like every cartoon flat out. I don't like know what not, Shield is, and not be able and be able to handle Shield. It's like there's nothing sillier, really, in Visher <laughs> Brothers or whatever than in this. It's just different, you know. Like, like yeah. I don't know. Well, it, and he it, likes like anime. See, that's super interesting. That's weird. I think it's like my dad sort of in Pixar, where like he he dismissed 
for the most part animation when I I think I think I remember I believe it was the second American tale. It was like my brothers were too old to care. My mom was maybe <laughs> on a business trip or something and uh she and but didn't care as much because it wasn't Disney because she's a yeah. weird Disney specific fan, even though she does like other animated stuff. But my dad took me to see that I think when I was like ten. And I remember walking out of the theater and he was not is there was no like like rolling eyes, no like I don't want to be here attitude, just like a hey, like you probably don't like need to see these with me, right? Like you are fine <laughs> seeing these with your but yeah. And he's like, cool. Like, cause he just is not, was not into it and he didn't yeah. see them anymore. And then like, it didn't bug me, but then I, th- I think it was pre, it wasn't the first toy story. I don't think it was toy story two. I think it's a bug's life watching with my niece when she was a baby. And then eventually like finally getting to like the Incredibles, like by the Incredibles where it had like a sixties vibe and Craig T. Nelson's yeah. the dad. And, and uh, was, is it uh, Holly Hunter? I think. Is that right? Voices like, the mom. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he, like these are like people he loves from like his era. Like he's yeah. just like he's like yeah, like this is pretty great. <laughs> like, well, like he can handle. Billy, I don't know, but he can handle other stuff. Yeah, Billy loves Keanu Reeves, and Keanu Reeves is is a voice in Toy Story Four. So I'm like trying to get him to go see that with me, and he's just like, no, I'm not interested. It's funny. I've heard. <sighs> I haven't heard anything bad exactly about Toy Story Four, although it's like not as enthusiastic as all the other endorsements. Mm-hmm. Like every everyone like loves the first three, who love them, but people who I've who I've talked to have seen Toy Story Four, are just like it's really good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not as good as the others, but it's still really good. Like. Oh, he really liked how to train your dragon. So I don't know. Maybe people's biases are very interesting. Very interesting. I don't I don't I think he doesn't like the musical aspect. I could totally see that. Some actually. of these like, films. like that's that's fair. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. Because not everyone gets musicals. I have no problem with them, but uh He likes like Broadway musicals. <laughs> live he is so confusing. I cannot figure it out. I've been I've tried he's trust com- He's complex. I like it. No, no man. Whatever. Anyway. We're all we're all complex in our uh peculiarities and whatnot. And I find everyone's, you know, criteria for what we like to be pretty inconsistent when we actually <laughs> think about yeah. it or look at it too much. Oh, yeah. Oh man. I I'm I'm trying I'm done trying to figure it out. He just doesn't I just appreciated that he watched Mulan with me. Like No, that's you know that he, <laughs> he sat there and watched it and I, I was like this is my favorite movie and he's like and oh oh and there's a a, a link because Ming Na <laughs> yeah, oh my god because <laughs> Ming Na Wen is the voice of Mulan and, and actually Billy was excited about that. He's like oh she sounds so young and I'm like yeah this was like 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was She was 30. <laughs> she was 35. <laughs> <laughs> So. I'm still so happy that that one episode we recorded where I kept thinking I kept saying 51 and you were like no she's 55 but it was but it was about an episode of Shield that was four years ago oh, <laughs> so she so was that, 51 you were both well, right well, no, no no you were no you were 100 right but in some weird way it was like in the back of my head I'm like well that's why you were right it's not at all <laughs> but there was some like the justification part of my brain is like well that explains it it's like no dude. You're just wrong. Like, you, you can eat this one. Like you can accept. We were both kind of right. I mean, you were kind of right. I was right, but you're kind of right. <laughs> well, and she, she, and to be fair to how awesome Magnolia looks, she looks the same pretty much as she did on one of these episodes from four years ago. Like, pretty, I know. Good looking lady. Yeah, absolutely. They did in real time as well. They did their. They announced their last uh, shooting uh, of any episode. Yeah. The last scene sweet. of Shield and. They all like did little tributes and goodbyes and everybody was very heartfelt and sad yeah. and sweet. And like we talked about when we covered the panel, I think they're just all really likable people and you can tell they like each other. So it just make it makes the show more special. It made that like a, a nice, but kind of bittersweet goodbye. Yeah. I don't think we've talked about that because um, we haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. Um, but season seven is was confirmed to be the last season of Shield, and they just finished. They just wrapped up filming this last week. So, yeah. oh, it's very sad. Um, but hopefully, this opens up thing other things. Well, we don't know how season seven is going to end, but <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> knock on wood here. Make sure, man. Guys, and I, you know. yeah, I really would like. I can't wait to talk to you about how season six ended because it's yeah, insane. I'm, I have I a sh- of- we're on a shield podcast and I am way behind on the current season because <laughs> my life has been nuts lately. You've been really busy. And to be fair, we're like 
three seasons out. That's true. <laughs> um, podcast. We got so a not, while. It's not that pertinent. Like you could conceivably have never seen it before. That's how they did the Gilmore guys. It was one guy who was oh watching it like God. on his third try and one guy who had never seen it before watching it and talking about it. Yeah, that's true. Well, we are not going to do that because I definitely want to come at our discussion from a rewatch perspective, not from a first time perspective. Well, and, and <laughs> you guys are still into the show. You just have bad, like you said, you've had real life getting in the way, which happens yeah. to everybody. Like, like, yeah. Once in a while, you got to binge watch to catch up on something. I, I recently did that with uh, Legion. I just yeah. caught up on the new season, which is also really good. Another Marvel show, and it's insane. Yeah. Billy's been watching The Boys, and he says it's really good. I haven't had time to watch any. I'm TV not yet. sure about how I feel about it. I feel like any one of our listeners who hasn't seen it, who wishes to watch it, know going in that it is just like, it is a deconstruction of superheroes. It is not, it is like people are bad people yeah, <laughs> and they happen to have superpowers. Kind of I feel like it could be shocking to people who might yeah. just be watching it on Amazon. You know, like my, my brother, my middle brother who doesn't work in comics, who's a jazz musician. I saw him and we saw the new Spider-Man. Uh, I finally saw it this week and he, uh, was telling me he'd started watching the boys and was enjoying it. And he had no idea it was based on a comic book. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> and, and he's pretty well, well versed. He doesn't read them regularly, but around uh, two or three times a year, he sits down with like several dozen <laughs> and reads them yeah. and, and has it off and on since he was a kid. So he, he, he's more likely to know about a rather obscure comic than a lot of people. And he was just like, really? And it, it was funny from talking to him about, it, I think he had could vaguely remember the first miniseries first miniseries was at a, a company that's now part of dc called wildstorm and uh after it was done they renegotiated the contracts and gave them back the rights to the characters we're like <laughs> we would kindly like to rescind our offer to publish a second miniseries of the Holy boy shit. that's how disturbing it is when they make adult stuff at dc yeah they always have yeah. like they have they've been pretty ahead of the curve on that with vertigo although that just ended they still yeah. they, they make mature audience stuff Hey, the first issue of one of their new Black Man, Batman Black Label uh, comic books had full Batman dong. And oh, it's, yeah. Uh, it's, it's going for a lot of money on eBay because they are not reprinting that. <laughs> Warner Brothers caught wind of that. It was like, what? <laughs> oh, so in conclusion amazing. of this week's episode, <laughs> yeah, if you want to see full Batman dong, it is endorsed by Warner Brothers and published. It is legit. There's <laughs> legit softcore Batman porn out there. On that note, where Weird. can people Comics find you? <laughs> where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> oh, did I lose you? Great stuff. Oh, there you are. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Uh, oh my, my, my signal just went down to one from three. Yeah, so did uh, Yikes. You can find me at I Snow Nothing. And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. And you can find the podcast at Project Heedy. On Twitter, you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Play. No, Apple Pod. What is it? God damn Apple it. Podcast, I think. <laughs> Apple yeah, Podcast. I do. <laughs> Apple Podcast, Google Play, soon to be Spotify. If you're a browser listener, you can listen on Podbean or uh, com. Thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Hold on. Something's going on with my computer. My screen just went black. Oh, no. They're just, they just go to sleep, maybe? No, something's happening. Okay, I think it's better now. Okay. I can hear you still. I just couldn't see anything. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I can hear you. Like, yeah. Clearly, it's still working, but yeah, that's just, not good. It's not good having a screen go black on you. Yeah. Occasionally, my laptop will fall asleep while we're recording. I don't yeah. know if it's happened since we switched, but it used to happen every once in a while. I was in Castro and I would it definitely happens sometimes like if i don't move the mouse around enough so i like try to do that but this is something else i don't know what's mm. happening anyway um shit this is not good okay you're gonna have to do a lot of editing i'm sorry <laughs> oh, that's not a problem <laughs> um all right my computer's doing this thing again all right
least it's not cutting you off. I know. I just can't see my notes, which is no, no, necessary. Maybe I can pull them up on my phone so that I don't have to keep stopping. Is it your monitor or something? Or I think it's my video card because I was having issues. Yeah, I was having issues um, yesterday, but I I just restarted my computer. All right, I have it on my phone, so at least I can still continue. I'm sorry, though. That's got to be really frustrating. Yes. I don't know what's going on. Whatever. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> I have too much going on easy. right now. Oh, for sure. Hopefully it'll be an easy solution. Yeah. Okay. It's another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. bad guy. Oops. Edit that out. It's another, well, yeah, he's in Hydra. It's another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. dude that, like, passed away. That's really sad. Are you okay? I'm turning off all my sounds because I, okay. I kept getting <laughs> notifications from... Uh... Why is this still happening? <laughs> uh they, they were for all from uh, the Red Matters. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I just got a bunch of, I think some of it might have been real time, some of it might have been old, but I was using like a bunch like, of them at once. What was that? So I'm like, I'm just going to turn them off, but there was no turn off sounds button. It just had each one individually listed. So this will be a fun outtake at the back of this episode. <laughs> I was so, like, so, what is that noise? Someone will listen all the way through and be like, what is happening? I know. <laughs> whoops <laughs> i still just open up itunes <laughs> right <laughs> so until they make me not do that i'm not gonna call it something